Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our good bishop. Happy Easter, Bishop. Happy Easter, Kyle. Did you have a good Easter? I did. How about yourself? Oh, it was wonderful. Good. Yeah. Stuck around in town? Well, no, I was back and forth all during Holy Week between Fort Wayne and South Bend. Right, and, um, right. It's just a beautiful week. I mean, the chrism masses in both cathedrals and Holy Thursday with our seminarians and then mass and the Cathedral of the Immaculate uh -huh. Conception and then to Good Friday, back to South Bend for... Uh, uh, the celebration of the Passion, and then back to Fort Wayne for the Easter Vigil. And then then it was nice on Easter Sunday, I was able to go to uh, St. Francis Xavier Parish in Pearson okay. uh, for just a regular parish Easter Sunday morning mass. Uh -huh. So really, it was a whirlwind week, but but uh, a beautiful week. So do you look for eggs before you went to mass or after you get back? <laughs> eggs? Yeah. They're, not, they're not good for me. No? The cholesterol, I can't eat them. <laughs> well, so we get the plastic ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like the chocolate ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Well, would you like to lead us in a prayer of this before we get into this too much? Yes, I think for this uh, octave of Easter and the Easter season, it's appropriate to pray the, the Marian prayer, the Regina Chaley, the Queen of Heaven, a special hymn that we pray to the Blessed Mother during the Easter season. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Queen of Heaven, rejoice. Alleluia. The Son whom you merited to bear. Alleluia. Has risen as he said. Alleluia. Pray for us to God. Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary. Alleluia. For the Lord has truly risen. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. As we continue to celebrate Christ's resurrection, Bishop offers his insights into the Easter Sunday Gospel reading, which includes the story of St. John arriving at the empty tomb and believing. Then it's on to the new apostolic exhortation from Pope Francis called Christ is Alive. And finally, in the spirit of Easter joy, Bishop answers especially fun questions from listeners and plays a game of Would You Rather? with prizes for listeners who can guess the most correct answers. If you have a question for a future show, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. You're very good on those hallelujahs, Kyle. <laughs> you can sing them. That good, would be good. good. I've been saving up for it. Do you, you know? know how to sing the Regina Chaley? Uh, I don't know the word. I think... In no, Latin? No, I don't. It's, it's really beautiful. I mean, I'd sing it, but... I don't have a good voice. I'd ruin it. But but um, it's, uh, it's a beautiful Easter hymn yeah. because we really um, rejoice with all the saints in heaven and, and including the mother of God at the resurrection of her son. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we're doing that's going to be a little bit special, we're trying to think, how can we make this Easter episode, which actually we consider this to be Easter day still, because we have eight days of Easter. The Easter season goes for 50 days, but uh, we've got a whole week of our Easter celebration. So how can we make this special? And so what we did is reached out to our friends at DeBrand's and we've got three Easter gift trays of DeBrand fine chocolates where they're, they're famous for their chocolate, you know? And so we've got three of these to give out to whoever gets the closest to guessing. We'll, we'll see actually who knows you best or, or can guess <laughs> your answers to your questions. So at the end of the show, we're going to do a, would you rather, 
And so we've posted the questions for that. A lot of people have already submitted answers to it, uh, but we're going to give people until 1230 today. So halfway through the show, basically to get your answers in. So if you want to go right over now, answer those questions, you'll get it a chance to win these Easter chocolate. And it's just going to be a lot of fun as well. And then we'll play at the end of the, the show. Would you rather? And we'll see uh, what Bishop thinks on these different things and uh, find out who wins. So go ahead and do that. You can go to redeemerradio.com slash ask Bishop. That's also where you can ask questions too. Uh, but you also find links to it on Redeemer Radio's social media. So go check that out. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, also, thought we could talk a little bit about the Easter Sunday gospel that for the Easter vigil has different readings than the Sunday morning. Uh, but the Sunday morning gospel, it comes from John chapter 20 verses one through nine. And so thought maybe Bishop, if you'd be willing to reflect a little bit on that, uh, there's a couple of interesting things that happen. One, Mary of Magdala is the first person to the tomb to find out that Jesus has resurrected from the grave, right? Well, she doesn't realize that. She right. just finds the empty tomb. But eventually, yes. Um, I love John's gospel. There's so much meaning and theology in John's gospel. And, and every year on Easter Sunday, we hear John's account of Mary Magdalene coming to the tomb on the first day of the week. So, yeah, I'd be happy to uh, reflect with with you and our listeners on this gospel. You know, Lexio Divina, prayerful meditation on the scriptures is a great way to enter into the depths of the biblical message and story. So I try to maybe think of this a little bit as a, a Lexio Divina. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes there's little details that we don't even notice. We've heard this gospel so many times, but but then there's a detail that might strike us when we're praying. So yeah. I'll try to do that with you now. Great. That gospel passage begins by saying, on the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark. Hmm. So we can imagine this. Mary Magdalene, as we know, was there at the crucifixion. She was one of Jesus's disciples from Galilee. She came from a town called Magdala, which is a town that was really a fishing village on the west shore of the Sea of Galilee. Huh. So she was one of our Lord's faithful disciples. And St. John tells us that she came to the tomb while it was still dark. And you can think about that. She herself was in spiritual darkness. Yes, it was dark outside, but why would why would St. John mention that? I think it is to show her, her sadness, her grief, really her lack of hope. Mm -hmm. She was in darkness, like, like we can be in spiritual darkness sometimes, where because of some suffering or loss of a loved one, that we're kind of feel like we're in darkness. So Mary Magdalene was in darkness, and, and she went to the tomb. We can think, well, why did she go? She went to mourn. Hmm. I mean, she loved Jesus. I don't think she was expecting him to rise from the dead. There's no indication that she went to the tomb with the idea that Jesus had risen. Yeah. So she was really going there to mourn. Hmm. Kind of like we do when we go to visit the graves of our loved ones in cemeteries. Sure. St. John tells us that Mary Magdalene saw the stone 
removed from the tomb. She didn't go in. Of course, if she did, it would have been dark. She wouldn't have been able to see anything. But he says that she saw the stone removed from the tomb. So what did she do? It says she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. We know that's St. John himself. Mm -hmm. And she told them, and this is the quote, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So she was caught off guard. She ran to Peter and John to tell them this, that they've taken the Lord from the tomb. And notice she said, we don't know where they put him, which makes me think that there were other women with her. Because when you read the accounts of the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it mentions other women who went with her to the tomb. So even though John doesn't mention these other women, the fact that she said, we don't know where they put him, seems to suggest that there were other women Mm -hmm. with her. What does she think? She thinks the corpse was stolen. She said, they've taken the Lord from the tomb. And when we read Matthew's gospel, you know, Matthew reports the rumor of a grave robbery that was circulated to explain why the tomb was empty. Right. So that's what Mary Magdalene's thinking. Someone stole the body. Then you continue reading the gospel and it says, so Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran But the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. So John was the the more athletic of the two. (laughs) That's why I chose him as my confirmation. Yeah, (laughs) because he's faster than Peter. (laughs) Um, You know, it's interesting to think you have Peter, who's the leader of the apostles, and then you have John, who I always think is Jesus's best friend and our Lord's great love for John. And so they're both, you can just imagine this, they're both running to the tomb to investigate what Mm -hmm. happened. They were wondering, you know, was the body stolen? You know, they were not expecting the resurrection. So John arrived first. Well, he was younger, (laughs) so he was probably in better physical shape. But I think there's something more significant. It it says the other, uh, when it mentions St. John, it, it speaks of him always as, the beloved disciple. So we can think of how love speeds him on his way to Jesus. Hmm. He arrives before Peter the rock, you know, love, John the beloved. In any event, when they got there, it says that John bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. By this time, I guess the sun had started to rise because he was able to see the burial cloths. But he didn't go in. He waited for Peter to arrive. Right. So he's kind of deferring to Peter, the leader. Mm -hmm. It says when Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb, Peter, and saw the burial cloths there. John had seen them. Now Peter sees the burial cloths. And it said that Peter also saw the cloth that had covered Jesus's head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Well, first of all, when you think about this, the fact that the burial cloths were there refutes the the robbery thesis. If they were grave robbers, they wouldn't have unwrapped the body before stealing it. Hmm. 
you know, remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the burial cloths still wrapped around him right. when Lazarus came out. But here it's different with Jesus. Jesus isn't there and he's not bound by the grave cloths or mm -hmm. the face cloth. So there was no need for anyone to unbind him. Remember when he raised Lazarus, he, he said, unbind him, you know, take the cloths off him. So this is radically different because Lazarus was resuscitated to a mortal life. Lazarus would die again. But Jesus' resurrection isn't a resuscitation of a corpse. Mm -hmm. It's God raising and transforming him to an immortal life, a glorified body. He would not die again. There would be no more death. When Peter arrived, of course, he, he saw the burial cloth. And notice this idea of seeing the cloth that had covered the head of Jesus, and it was rolled up in a separate place. This is another proof that it's not a robbery. The looters wouldn't take the trouble to neatly roll it up, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and of course, God is the agent of the resurrection. God acted. The Father raised Jesus. God removed the stone. God rolled up the head cloth. So then we continue reading. Then the other disciple also went in. That's John the one who arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. That's a pretty profound statement. What did he believe? He believed that God had acted. He began to have this faith that somehow Jesus triumphed over death. Hmm. He didn't, I don't think he understood fully yet, because Jesus, the risen Jesus had not yet appeared, but he believed. He believed Jesus was alive. Somehow, death was overcome. You know, I think perhaps he was still a little bit baffled, but the evangelist says he believed. He saw and believed. And then the gospel ends with these words. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. So he didn't fully understand. He believed, but he didn't yet fully understand. Hmm. When you think of, okay, well, what scripture are they referring to? Well, there's various scripture passages in the Old Testament that point to the resurrection of the dead. One I think that is most um, relevant would be Psalm 16 where the psalmist prays to God, you will not abandon my soul to shale, the place of death. So as time goes on then, uh, the Holy Spirit will lead the disciples to understand, mm -hmm. to grasp what they didn't yet fully understand, that uh, in the plan of God, foreshadowed by in scripture, Jesus had to rise from the dead. So, I think it's, it's good to, uh, to meditate on this gospel, and especially during this octave of Easter, all the gospels each day of these eight days of Easter are different appearances of the risen Lord, and, um, and they're all very uh, wonderful to meditate on. I often think about 
how many people will go to daily mass during Lent, and that's a great practice, but then stop at Easter when the Easter octave, the eight days, are so great. Right. You know, we we sing the Gloria every day at Mass. We and then we reflect on all these different scripture passages about the resurrection of Jesus. So I encourage people, and if you can't get to Mass, to look at the daily readings each day and to read them slowly and ponder them so that we can really savor this great mystery of the resurrection of Jesus, which is the very core of our faith and which gives us hope uh, for ourselves and for our loved ones who've gone before us in death. Yeah. Well, maybe sometime I, we can talk about the Shroud of Turin and your thoughts on that. But for now, we'll be talking about Christus Vivit coming up, the recently released document from Pope Francis for young people and to the entire people of God. It's coming up right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here, and we're going to talk a little bit about the document that was released by Pope Francis called Christus Vivit, which maybe you could start with the translation for us. It means Christ lives or Christ is alive. And this wasn't an encyclical. It was a, an exhortation? An apostolic exhortation, uh-huh. which the popes often will write after one of the uh, synods of bishops so this was his reflection on the last synod which was on young people in the church which maybe you can walk us through the process here because it it seems to have gone on for a long time there was a meeting of young people there was before that there was surveys that were sent out in the diocese i remember we were doing a long time ago and uh, maybe you can walk us through the steps that led to this eventual document Yeah, you know, Pope Francis did this also uh, before the synods on uh, the family Mm -hmm. uh, several years ago, where he likes to consult the church throughout the world. So Mm -hmm. he asked bishops to, they they do a preliminary document with a lot of questions for reflection. So it's a way to consult the worldwide church to see what's the situation all over the world. And uh, so we did that here in the diocese. And uh, as far as this recent synod, we we sent out these questions to young people in our young adult ministry, high Mm -hmm. schools, colleges. And so we get a lot of that, and then we summarized it and sent it uh, to the Vatican. So there is that preparatory part. Then there's representatives, uh, bishop representatives from around the world, who gather in Rome for the month-long synod. And at this synod in on youth, there were also young people present who gave some testimonies. And mm-hmm. some of the listeners may have followed this. And there were a lot of talk uh, topics that were covered. But it was basically some, about some of the challenges faced by young people regarding the faith and trying to listen to the voices of young people and their ideas for the church and her mission. Also, a major part of it was vocational discernment, how to help young people to discern their their vocation in life and in the church. So after all that happens, and then the Synod puts out a document with 
the main points that they want to emphasize. And then the Pope does his own reflection. And that's what the apostolic exhortation Christus Vivid is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's quite long. I think it's nearly 200 pages. And I have to confess, Kyle, I haven't read it yet. Well, it kind of came uh, out during a busy time. Right, in the church. right. Yeah. And I don't even have a copy, but the, the USCCB usually sends us copies. So I imagine I'll be getting it soon. And I am looking forward to reading it. I have read some news reports on it, but I haven't read the document itself. Sure. sure. What is the goal of a document like this? It's, it's not like dogma teaching. Uh, is it challenging the church or inviting young people to reflect as well as the church and thinking how we can reach out to young people more? Yeah, it's more of a pastoral reflection. I mean, it would be, I think generally the Pope will, will uh, share what, what came out of the Synod. Mm-hmm. Um, but then from his point of view, his own reflection right. on what the bishops uh, were saying and what the young people were saying. So I find that these apostolic exhortations can be very, very good documents. They're, I mean, I think of some of them in the past that have really had a huge effect. Um, you know, the, the document after back in the early 90s on priestly formation, they had the synod and, and John Paul issued Pastoris Dabo Vobis, which has had a tremendous influence hmm. on the formation of, of future priests. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it basically is a document that really talks about how priests need to be educated, how seminarians need to be educated in order to become good priests. And so there's sometimes these apostolic exhortations, even though they're not encyclicals, they don't have that level of authority, really can have a tremendous impact on the life of the church. And there's other ones that I can think of similarly, like Pope Benedict's apostolic exhortation after the Synod on the Eucharist. It's called the Sacrament of Charity. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful exhortation. And I think has has led to greater devotion to the Holy Eucharist and also um, the social implications of the Eucharist. So, so yeah, these, these documents can, can really be very helpful. Unfortunately, a lot of times these documents, a lot of people don't read them. Uh, you know, people don't read as much today, but they kind of get their news from sound bites, but, but it really is worth the effort Mm -hmm. to read these documents, which come from our popes. I'm looking forward to reading Christus Vivit because ministry with our young people and young adults is so very important in the life of the church. So I'm hoping to learn from it and to uh, see what suggestions uh, Pope Francis has for us. And if I remember right, I think the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, you had mentioned as something, one of your goals for the year of 2018 was to kind of look at our young adult ministry and how we can improve that. We had young adults on the show because of that. And just kind of curious what you see as the good things that are happening in the diocese, uh, maybe some of the holes that you're hoping to patch up and maybe that this document might help give you some guidance on, on what we can be doing in the diocese. Well, I, yeah, I do. I've spent a lot of time uh, meeting with young adults and, you know, both on college campuses, but also, those who've graduated from college because it is one of my priorities. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I, and they talk, you know, a lot, we talk a lot about how many young adults have left the faith, not just the Catholic faith, but other Christian sure. churches or communities and are becoming religiously unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. So this is a really grave concern uh, for the church in the United States and actually in other parts of the world as well. So I've really encouraged our priests and to really reach out to young adults, get them involved in parishes, 
This was the focus of our priest continuing education days last October. So I think we have a lot of initiatives going on. And I see them bearing fruit because, I mean, it was amazing. When I celebrated the Chrism Masses in both Fort Wayne and South Bend last week, I mean, the cathedrals were filled with uh, a lot of people of different ages and a lot of young adults. I would say, honestly, I think maybe the, almost the majority of, the, of those attending the Chrism Masses were young adults. Hmm. So... So I think something is happening, yeah. and I think it, it definitely does give me a lot of hope. And I enjoy just the opportunities to pray together with our young adults. You know, oftentimes I'll have a Q and A format with them. So, and then we can. And there's opportunities for me to listen to what's on their minds, mm-hmm. um, not only answering their questions, but also learning from them what it's like trying to live their Catholic faith in this world. Yeah, in their generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, people can find that document on the Vatican website at vatican.va. It's a free download if you want to peruse it on your computer or your phone or something. Uh, also, there's an article on, in the Today's Catholic that kind of gives a little bit of a summary. Pope in the church, the world, we need the gifts and enthusiasm of young people. It was a great little summary of it. And so people can check that out at todayscatholic.org. And you mentioned responding to questions of people. Well, we've got some questions for you, but since it is Easter, thought we've had some heavy episodes. Maybe we focus more on the, the light questions today. Uh, maybe a, a little bit of easier questions for you. And we're going to get into the uh, would you rather and find out who is the best guesser. So all that's coming up right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our bishop. And on this special Easter episode, we are doing uh, some lighter questions, not too deep or heavy in the theology, uh, but just maybe getting to know you a little bit better. And these have been submitted by listeners. And if you have any questions, you can always submit them by going to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-436. 9598. And one person asked, Have you ever ridden a motorcycle? Yes. Yeah. Many years ago uh-huh. <laughs> when I was a young adult, but not, I didn't have a motorcycle, but a friend of mine did and I did ride it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, but probably a little cautious about the safety issues in riding motorcycles. So I never got into the habit, but I have done it. Yeah. And it was fun. What about a moped? I'd probably be better with a moped, you know, in Italy, there were a lot of yeah, mopeds, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, you know, but that was dangerous driving in Rome. So, uh, <laughs> right. but no, that's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But probably won't see you driving across the state from one end of the diocese to the other on a motorcycle anytime soon. Well, if you want to go on a trip together, Kyle, we could do that motorcycle trip across state. Yeah. I'll ride in the sidecar. let's do it i would love that all right our next question i I think this one was from another leftover from the rekindle the fire men's conference somebody asked what dentist do you go to oh what dentist ever since i came to fort wayne dr bob eber 
he's been a great dentist, and I think he ever he uh, has a, a spot on Redeemer Radio. But Doctor Eber, he's done so much dental work on me, uh-huh. you wouldn't believe. I mean, every time I go to the dentist, I have some work that needs to be done. Because when I was a kid, they didn't have the good dental care that they have today. Right. You know, like every tooth has. Uh, a filling in it so I've kept him busy yeah but he's a great dentist and uh, parishioner at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish and I think he's the dentist for a lot of our priests and seminarians and huh. our uh, religious brothers and sisters he's just uh, been very generous to all of us very good any uh, words of wisdom for my son who doesn't do a very good job of brushing his teeth tell him I can relate <laughs> but tell him that he should learn to floss okay uh, we didn't have flossing when I was a kid, uh-huh. and that that's a good thing. Okay. So the dentist is always saying to me, Bishop, you don't floss enough. Uh-huh. So I try. <laughs> I should have made that a Lenten resolution. Huh? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, our next question is, what would you like your last meal on earth to be? That's kind of a depressing question. <laughs> I guess I would say pizza. Uh, yeah. With everything on it? Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, Sausage, nothing, pepperoni, yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, nothing to lose at this point. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not going for the carrots and green beans? No, no. We'll skip that. No yeah. pineapples even. Ice cream? Um, maybe as dessert. Yeah. Not together with the pizza. Okay. <laughs> not as a topping. <laughs> All right. Our next question is, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what three things would you want to have with you? Wow. Okay. How's this? The Bible. Okay. A rosary. Uh huh. And a cell phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think? So the the Bible is so you can pray Have and, the, word and the of rosary. God. Yep. Prayer. Yes. And then what what are you going to do with the cell phone? Call for help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good, Catch up good, on good the point. news. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. See what. If there's bad weather coming, I don't know. A solar-powered cell phone, maybe. Yes, I would need yeah. that because it would. Yeah, there's nothing, nowhere to plug it in, right? right? Or hope that help comes before the battery dies. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, you can ask your questions by going to redeemerradio.com/askbishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at two six zero four three six ninety five ninety eight. And we have some more softball questions and a classic game of Would You Rather coming up right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman, and on this special Easter episode, we're doing some fun questions, and we're also going to be doing a Would You Rather and giving away three of these special gift platters, Easter gift trays from DeBrand's Fine Chocolates. So if you've already submitted your answers, we'll find out who's who has the most correct answers here pretty soon. Uh, but before we get to that, we have a few more questions that listeners submitted, like what is your favorite season? I would have to say the fall. Uh-huh. I love the fall. I think, well, I like football, but I love the, the colors, the changing of the colors, the, the climate, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not as hot as summer, but it's still mild. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful season of the year. What about favorite liturgical season? I would say the Easter season. Yeah. Yeah. The season that we're in. Yeah. It's a season of joy and it's a glorious season. And uh, 
you know, all the way from Easter Sunday up to Pentecost Sunday. I do a lot of confirmations during the Easter season, which I really enjoy. So, uh, so yeah, liturgically, I would say Easter. But as far as fall goes, uh, do you have to do any leaf raking? I used to, but... Uh-huh. You know, growing up, but uh, I don't think I've raked leaves in many, many years. Okay, so that, that's why you like the fall. <laughs> you weren't you weren't scarred for life by the, no. the raking as a kid. All right, do you, you know what I do enjoy like um, like going riding a bike or something. You know, it's great uh-huh. in Fort Wayne because you know the bike trails along the rivers, and you know in the fall it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I love riding a bike. I wish I had more time to do it because it's good exercise too. But but also riding a bike too. You know, you get to enjoy the the fresh air and and also seeing the the, the the trees changing colors and now it's not the same as uh back home where there's mountains and that where you can really get uh-huh. into the season but but still it's pretty here too um yeah and as i said i, I kind of like that uh you know that whole fall football kind of yeah. weather and the fun that comes with that so uh the flat areas around here probably are a little more conducive to your bike riding exactly (laughs) yeah you know what that's that's true it's much i much rather ride bike here than back home because you know i do enjoy going downhill when i'm riding a bike but Uh going uphill is pretty bad (laughs) yeah yeah all right somebody asked what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten i would probably say snails Uh uh-huh um and I've only eaten cooked them. or alive or no, they were cooked. Okay, yeah, well, I could never eat them alive. No, um, <laughs> okay. and uh, yeah, I mean, I've eaten some different weird stuff. Actually, you know, I love seafood, so I'll eat anything, all kinds of. You know, I love things like clams and oysters and crabs and lobster, all that. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know that that's really weird. But uh, snails are weird. Um, Calamari. Oh, I love calamari. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I like it fried or just uh, fresh, raw calamari, too, as long as it's, you know, well-seasoned and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calamari is delicious. Snails, I probably wouldn't order too much, but I mean, I have had them. That's was that probably the weirdest in the thing. U.S. or is that France? A, France. I think it was in yeah. France. Yeah. French yeah. People. Do you eat that stuff, Kyle? I'll eat anything. Really? Yeah. In fact... When I was in high school, I got to go over to Italy and we had a short layover in Paris, France, but our, we had plane issues, ended up having to spend a day in Paris and they gave us like money to run into town, like a train voucher or whatever. I don't know. And we had at the hotel, this huge buffet and all this weird stuff that I had never tried, including snail. My goal was to try one of everything. Like, this is my chance. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. But the only time I had snails was in France. Yeah, yeah. Did you like it? Eh, it was, it, to me, it's more the adventure than the yeah, flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, you I know, ate snail. It was more, fun, <laughs> more better than like, ooh, this is delicious. Yeah. You know, I just thought of something weirder that <laughs> okay. I ate as you're talking about that. Because when I was a deacon, I served as a deacon in Spain for two months. And I lived at this uh with priests, they were all retired priests, elderly men. And one day, and I didn't know much Spanish at that point, I was just learning. They were all excited because at dinner they were having some special meal. Uh-huh. And it was tripa de caballo. Now, okay. I didn't know what that meant at uh-huh. that time, but now I know it was horse tripe. Uh-huh. Well, that's the one thing I can't stand is tripe. In 
in Rome, that tripe was a popular dish too, but uh-huh. it'd be, I guess, the insides of cows or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what animals, lamb, but I can't, I, even the texture of things like, or like a tongue. Oh, I uh, did have tongue too. Yeah. That was just disgusting. Uh, but, you know, stomachs and uh-huh. all that stuff. It's just, oh my goodness, it just turns my stomach. So anyhow, these priests are all excited and a lot of them didn't have teeth anymore. And they're, <laughs> and they're, they're enjoying this. And I yeah. tried it, not knowing what it was. And just the texture turned my stomach. Yeah. And then when I found out what it was, the insides of a horse. Right. Oh my goodness! I, it was disgusting. Uh-huh. So that really was the that weirdest. Takes, that that, takes that's the cake. W- more weird than than uh, snails. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, our next question uh, might be a little predictable from Father Eric Bergner from St. Pius <laughs> the Tenth in Granger. He asks: chocolate or caramel? Oh, or, that's easy. Definitely chocolate. I guess I should say caramel or caramel. Yes. Which one, which one of those would you say? Oh. How do you say that? Oh, I thought he was asking, do I like char- chocolate? Yeah, I'm, but I'm asking, how do I say that word? Caramel oh. or caramel? Which, how do you we say, say that? We say caramel. Okay. So yeah. chocolate or caramel, you go with chocolate. Chocolate, definitely. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't get stuck in your teeth and yeah. it tastes better. Okay. And whenever he asked this question, that made us think about, would you rather? Would you rather have chocolate or would you rather have Caramel. And so we've turned it into a game. People have voted what they think you're going to answer. We're going to see how they stack up to your real answers here. So, Bishop, would you rather night owl or early bird? Early bird. I used to be a night owl, and about maybe 10 years ago, I started switching to be an early bird. So early bird. Did you like, was that an effort that you made? Oh, just I naturally. It, it just happened naturally. Okay. Maybe it happens when we get older. But I used to always be very productive at night uh-huh. and like to stay up late and write talks or whatever. Yeah. Now I'm too tired. Now I'm very <laughs> fresh in the morning. So okay. I'm an early bird now. I get up usually around five. There you go. Yeah. All right. Bishop, would you rather skydive or scuba dive? Scuba dive. Definitely. I'm first of all, I'm a little afraid of heights, but secondly, I've been scuba diving uh-huh. and I love it. Yeah. So yes. So yes, yeah, scuba diving for sure. Have you ever been skydiving? Never skydiving, oh, okay. and I never will. I never will. <laughs> My niece did a couple of years ago. I uh-huh. was I was nervous for her. I just yeah, I just think something could go wrong. Yeah. Of course, something could go wrong scuba diving, but I don't know. I just feel more safe. Yeah. Um, and I love, I just love that undersea hmm. world. You know, just to being surrounded by. All the fish and oh my goodness, coral reef, uh-huh. all of that. I uh, I'd love to go scuba diving again. It's been a number of years. All right. Well, after we do our motorcycle drive, <laughs> we can go scuba diving in Lake Michigan. Have you ever gone scuba diving? I haven't. No. Oh, it's fun. Can you swim? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bishop. Would you rather fly a kite or play a card game? Play a card game. Okay. Any particular game? I don't have the patience to fly a kite. <laughs> okay. You know, it, it just falls, and then I'm like, oh, here we go, trying to get it up again. Do you do you fly kites with your kids? I do, I do. I love flying kites. Do you really? Yeah. So you would have said fly a kite rather than play a card game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I grew up playing cards. The wind cards. has to be right for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What, what cards did you grow up playing? Um, well, we played Pinochle and 
also, um, I'm trying to think, that was a very popular game in my family. 500 Rummy, 500 card Rummy uh -huh. was big. A card game called Casino. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Sounds familiar. So many years, I don't even know if I remember how to play these games. <laughs> but but yeah, ours, our family played cards a lot. Yeah. All right. Our next, would you rather wear suspenders or a belt? A belt. Okay. I've never worn suspenders. Never? No. <laughs> okay. No. Well, maybe once or twice. Do you wear suspenders with a tuxedo? Uh, I think it's up to you. Oh, I it's think optional. I did when I was in a wedding party once. Okay. Yeah. How many wedding parties have you been in? This was before I was ordained. Uh -huh. A number. I was, yeah. Uh, not, I was never a best man, but I was an usher in uh, some of my friends' weddings. Okay. Yeah. All right, Bishop, would you rather have a phone call or a text? Depends on who it's from. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, phone call. Phone okay. call, yeah. I find texts to be a little bit overwhelming sometimes when I get a lot of texts. Sure. Yeah, so I, I prefer a phone call. Okay. Would you rather have crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Crunchy. Yeah? Yep. These are easy questions. That's, yeah. I don't even have to think about some of okay. these. I love crunchy peanut butter. Would you rather live without internet or live without AC and heating? Oh, live without internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no question. I, I like air conditioning in the summer, uh -huh. and I like heat in the winter. <laughs> I can do without internet. Yeah. Would you rather have a completely automated home or a self-driving car? A completely automated home. Okay. I wouldn't trust a self-driving car. Interesting. I, I don't think I could surrender uh -huh. to, uh, to a machine. Yeah. yeah. Making the decisions for you. Right. All right. Would you rather have pancakes or waffles? Oh, I love them both, but I'd have to say waffles. Okay. Do you, what do you put on your waffles? Syrup. No peanut butter or whipped cream or any butter? No. I mean, I like to get them with some kind of, sometimes fruit topping. Strawberries? Strawberries. Blueberries probably yeah. would be my favorite. Blueberries. Yeah. Or waffles or pancakes with blueberries inside. Inside. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, Pecans? Pecans are good. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, I, you know what? I don't get breakfast much. So, like, if I'm on vacation or, you know, with my family or whatever, when we go out for breakfast, it's a real treat, yeah. you know, to get, you know, pancakes or waffles and eggs or French toast, whatever it I is. I mean, other than eggs, all of those are basically dessert for breakfast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you rather... This is a tennis question. Oh, good. Play singles or doubles? Depends on who my potential partner would be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, no. they're, if they're better than you yeah. versus if they're yeah, worse exactly. than you. Exactly. But I don't like to have a partner who like hogs the ball or something or comes on my side, you know? <laughs> okay. Or no, I would say singles. I, I would have to say singles because then I have, I don't know, that doesn't sound right. Like I'm in control, but you know what I mean? Like I can, uh, I get more exercise too, usually. Oh, sure. I mean, I enjoy doubles also, um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, if I had to choose, I would say singles. All right. And just in case, if there are multiple people that got the same amount right, which is likely with how many people we had to answer the questions here, uh, here's a tiebreaker. Oh, okay. And so it'll be a number question, which is, how many godchildren do you have? Oh, Kyle, that's a good and question. This is actually 
people, if they did their research and have been listening closely, you actually answered this question back in the December 26th episode. So I probably counted them for that. You did. You did. You're talking yeah. about God's children from baptism, not confirmation, right? Right. Okay. That's what I was assuming. Okay. Let me, I, I have to think a second. Would you add. call confirmation? No, it's sponsor, yeah, so okay. it's different. Um, okay. My nephew, Johnny, Leo, Rich, Richie, three, Duncan, four, five. Oh, my goodness. I can think of five off the top of my head. In December, you said six. Oh, then I'm forgetting somebody. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't name them. So I, I must have added them up then. So it's probably six. Uh, we'll go but with right six. right now, five are coming to mind. Um, and I'm trying to think who that sixth one is. But I, I trust that it's six. Okay. This makes me feel so much better about my godparenting skills. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll fight out the winners and we'll make sure you get one of these chocolate uh, gift platters from DeBrands, the special Easter gift tray. I just thought of the sixth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Well, happy Easter to everybody listening. Happy Easter to you, Bishop. Thank you so much for joining us for the show. It's, it's been so much fun. Could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome. Happy Easter. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.